Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Ryan Ruff, and welcome to my very first football podcast. Um, been wanting to do this for a while, and uh, we're finally here and ready to go. So, with that being said, let's get into it. Um, now, as a Chiefs fan, I figured it was only appropriate for me to talk about them first. So, we're going to be basically covering everything that's happened this offseason and basically the expectations that I have for the team going forward, and especially this year. So, I think the biggest thing that happened this offseason was obviously the trade for Tyree Kill. Um, they traded him to the Dolphins in exchange for a 2022 first rounder, 2022 second rounder, 2022 fourth rounder, and then a 2023 fourth and a 2023 sixth. Now, majority of Chiefs fans were very upset with this trade, and uh, I guess rightfully so in the fact that he's such a dynamic player and he made our offense so special, and his connection with Mahomes is just so incredible. So I understand why people are upset with it, but realistically for the longevity of the franchise and basically for the future of the team, I think it was the right move to do. Um, I mean, as we saw directly after him getting traded away, he signed a record making breaking contract for uh, the wide receiver uh, position. So I think it was a necessity that we needed to get rid of him, but um, it's very sad to see him go. So I guess that that's probably the biggest point that I have to make on the off season. I know a lot of people are angry with that move, but from my perspective, I think it was pretty necessary. We could just we we didn't have the salary cap to pay him, and if we were to have given him a long term contract, I think it would have been a very difficult task to get pieces around Mahomes and continue to build this team to be the franchise that hopefully wins a couple more Super Bowls. So that's my two cents on the Tyree Kill trade, and then. Basically, we'll go into who else we've kind of added and who we've gotten rid of this season. So, uh, we signed Justin Reed from the Texans. He's a safety. We got him for around three years, thirty-one point five million. His cap hit this year, though, is only a four point five five million. So, we're getting him. We're getting him for cheap on the dollar for this year, but uh, his contract's a little backloaded. And uh, honestly, it's probably the worst signing we've made so far this year. It's just I don't know if he's worth that money. And so. Got him. We have Juju, uh, $2.89 million. And then there's a lot of incentives based around in the con- in his contract for, um, I guess, total passing yards, how many games he plays, whether we make it to the AFC Championship, blah, blah, blah. So it's pretty heavily incentive-based. I, I, I like the Juju signing. It, it was it was a good signing, in my opinion. So we'll, we'll talk about that later, though. Um, NVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling from the Packers. We got him for a three-year now it's basically going to be a thirty to thirty-six million dollar contract in the grand scheme of things. There's a lot of incentives baked baked into his contract as well. So, I also like that signing. Obviously, getting as much wide receiver wide receiver depth as we possibly can is pretty key. Uh, obviously, losing Tyreek. So, Rojo, we signed him from the Buccaneers, one year, one point five million dollar deal. So. I'm very curious how exactly Ceh and Ronald Jones split this backfield this year. It's um definitely going to have a lot of fantasy impact for sure on the Kansas City Chiefs side of the ball but I, I I don't mind the signing it's Rojo's not the greatest player in the world but he definitely is a very different back compared to what CEH brings to the table so who knows I maybe we'll be able to fit him in in the goal line because CEH has always seemed to struggle on the goal line so maybe we're looking for one of those just bigger backs that's able to get into the end zone when you need we need him to um, a lot of smaller signings happen. Jermaine Carter, one-year deal from the Panthers. He's a linebacker, more so middle, 
uh, middle linebacker, if not anything. Um, thing, um, thing. I'm a wide receiver. He's really not done anything since he's joined the league. So I think that's just more so just a filling up the depth chart type of signing. Dion Bush, he's also a safety, one mail-ish, uh, one-year signing from Chicago. We were able to re-sign Blake Bell. He's a tight end for us. Reader, the center, he, he is, he's in the start, but I guess another depth piece. Uh, we got Naughty back. He's a great interior lineman for the uh, – run defense and nothing special when it comes to pass uh, rushing the quarterback, but great to clog up the middle on that run defense. Um, Then we franchise tagged Orlando Brown. So he's getting 16.5 million this year. Um, And I mean, if we want to go back to the, uh, I guess the trade that we made for him last year, uh, I guess it only really will make sense if after this year we do sign him to a long-term deal, but I really don't know if we're going to, want to pay him what he wants because he, he is a pretty expensive tackle. And I don't know if I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but essentially what happened in the Orlando Brown trade is we traded a first round pick from last year, a third round pick and a fourth round pick, and then a 2022 fifth. And essentially what we got back for him was Orlando Brown. We got back a second round pick from last year and essentially we, we turned that into Nick Bolton. So the pick that we got from the Ravens last year, we ended up turning into Nick Bolton. So when you look at it from that perspective, I mean, Nick Bolton's proved to be a pretty decent linebacker for us start only being a rookie. So I think he's got a lot of room to grow and I think he's going to be a great player in the NFL. So when you look at it like that, I guess it's pretty decent. We also got the sixth round pick from last year for this year. And we traded uh, that for Melvin Gordon or, excuse me, Melvin Ingram during the season. So we got him from the Steelers and we traded that six round pick to them. So we got basically a, uh, probably three fourths of a year out of Melvin Ingram. And once again, he's still a free agent, but um, I don't know if we're going to be able to sign him back with the amount of money he wants and how old he is. So yeah, that's about it for everything for re-signings and the franchise tag purposes. So we also restructured Frank Clark's deal. So he's going to be getting two years, 30 million. Now he was, his contract was a lot larger than that going into this season. So it was good that we were able to get a restructuring done, but I really personally don't see us keeping him after this year. I think he's going to be released next year unless he turns a complete corner on his production for the chiefs. Cause he really has not done anything since we made that awful trade for him a couple of years ago. So restructured him and then players, notable players that we got rid of, or we're, we were just unable to sign. We released Anthony Hitchens. He, he's got a $4.2 million dead cap space. So that's the only person really with dead cap besides him and, and Tyree kill. And then just a couple other smaller players. So Traverius Ward ended up going to the 49ers. He got a pretty nice contract. Blythe, he, we got him from the Rams last year. He didn't end up doing really anything for us. He didn't play or anything like that. So not a big deal. Mike Hughes, cornerback, went to the Lions. And then Dirty Dan, he's gone. So, oh, man, don't I, I don't really want to talk about Dirty Dan Sorensen, but I think it's for the best that he left. So goodbye, Dirty Dan. You, you had some good memories in KC, but, oh, my God, you were so bad the last couple of years. Goodness gracious. Um, so some of the players still on the market that were Chiefs last year is Mike Rimmers, uh, Daryl Williams, and then – two more notable players, Tyron Matthew and Melvin Ingram. So getting into Tyron Matthew, I mean, he's, I, I think he's too expensive to resign and I don't think there's any way we're signing him at this point. I know that there was something that came out where Tyron Matthew was telling, I guess a reporter that the chiefs didn't even come out and offer him something that we gave Justin Reed, which was like right around 
three years, thirty-one million. But he said that he would add that he would add us, and I, I think that might just be a little bit of smoke and him trying to stir some pots and get some uh, reactions out of it. Because I, I really don't think there was any chance that Tyree Matthew would have been signing a three-year, thirty-one million deal with us. But I know that a lot of he's he's, he's a well-known name for the Chiefs defense, obviously better known than most, but. I really just don't think what he brings to the table is worth what he wants to be paid. And that's why I don't think we're going to figure out a way to sign him back. But I think something that overshadows like his overall play is the fact that he's so versatile on the field and he can play so many different positions, whether from the nickel, he can play an outside linebacker position. I mean, he can, safety. I mean, you, you name it, he can really line up anywhere on the field and he can do well at that position. But I really don't think he plays as well as many people think actually as many people think he does, but other player, Melvin Ingram, he actually came in last year uh, a little earlier than halfway through the season. He played really well for us. We were struggling on the defensive line and he actually added a little bit of a spark and an uptake. So he was a great, he was a great trade that we made to hopefully try to make that push. We didn't end up getting there, but he, he was a good, he was a good trade midway through the season. I, I liked how he played, but um, he's 32 now. So, I don't really see us giving him a chance at a long-term contract. I think, honestly, if we were able to figure out a way for him to sign a one-year deal with us for maybe, who knows, maybe 8 to $10 million. I, I don't know if we'll have the cap space after the draft to do that, but I think he'd be a good piece to try to figure out a way to get back for this year and maybe mentor some of the younger players that we possibly draft on the defensive line. But he played really well for us, so I, I would like to see him back with the Chiefs, but I don't know if we're going to be able to make it possible. So. That's basically the round out of everything that happened within the offseason and the moves we've made and the re-signings and players we've let go of. So now we're going to get into kind of the draft and what my expectations for us are in the draft. So we actually have the most draft picks in the draft tied with Jacksonville at 12. So we have two first rounders, two second rounders, two third rounders, two fourth rounders, and then we got four seventh rounders. So two day one picks, four day three or four day two picks. So, I mean, that, that's very promising. Uh, I mean, like I said, with our draft or with our salary problems, basically for this year, um, I think it's going to be key on hitting some of these positions in the draft because I mean, with Mahomes' contract finally coming to its reality and him getting the 45 million to 50 million that he's going to be getting from year to year. Um, I think it's pretty key that we find some good rookies and some younger players that we can fit into this lineup and have them start for two, three, four years before they actually need a actual contract before. So I think some of the biggest draft needs we're going to need, and I know a lot of people are talking about we need a wide receiver, we need a wide receiver. I, I really think people are underrating how impactful I think Juju can be. I think people are underestimating just what he's going to produce for us. Um, I mean, looking at it, when he played with Antonio Brown as the number two, when he wasn't the focal point, I mean, he had some incredible seasons. He had like a 1,400-yard season with Antonio Brown in his second year in the league. So I think with him being able to play with Mahomes, who obviously is a significantly better player than Big Ben when he played for him, I'm not discrediting Big Ben at all. I know he had a great career, but over the far end of his career, he was very very inefficient and just not a very accurate passer. So I think Juju can make some noise um, and the underneath sides of the field with Mahomes and maybe be a decent possession and run with it type of guy. Um, 
So I know a lot of people want receiver, like I said, but I personally think that defensive line and cornerback are probably the two biggest point parts we need to hit on in the draft. So I'd like to draft at least two of each of those positions. Um, and I think with pick 29 and pick 30 in the first round, I think we should go with defensive line and cornerback. Now, maybe if a wide receiver falls to there that we, we really do like and we have them he- have like highly graded, then sure, maybe we go after one of those guys. But I perfect, per- personally think defensive line and cornerback is a key. I don't think McDuffie's going to be there. Uh, he's a cornerback. I don't think he'll be there. Karloftis out of Purdue, he's a great defensive lineman. I, I don't know if he's going to be there either. So we may have to just possibly take a wide receiver at one of those picks. But people have been talking about trading up, maybe giving up both of them to get some guy earlier in the draft. I don't. I personally think we should just stay where we are and kind of just get as many picks as we possibly can and find value where value lies in the draft. So some of the people or some of the wide receivers specifically that are um, being talked about possibly getting in this draft are um, Jameson Williams, Traylon Burks, Olave. Um, I'm not sure entirely whether we're going to get one of those guys at the, at the spot we are. I'm sure one of them will fall to that pick 29 unless for some reason there's a very quick wide receiver just run off in the draft. But I, I do think somebody will be there. Um, something that came out was George Pickens uh, out of Georgia. He visited with KC. So he had a great freshman year towards ACL and then came back for the final game of the season in the playoffs last year. But he had a great freshman season and it kind of got overlooked by his injury and the worries that people have because he hasn't really produced in the last two years. But I, I, I love George Pickens, uh, 6'3". I think he could be great on the KC Chiefs, but we got pick 50. I don't know if we'd be willing to reach at him at 29 or 30, and I don't want us to. But if he could fall to 50, uh, I'd be all for get, us getting George Pickens. I think that'd be a great pick in the draft. So. Yeah, George Pickens, I know there's rumors about it, but I would be all for trying to figure out George Pickens in the second round. Maybe trading up pick 50 and pick 62 in the second round to maybe get a better spot in the second round and make sure to get that George Pickens pick. So that's kind of where my head is in the draft. Um, Overall, I think, like I said, we're going to need to hit on a lot of spots in the draft and we're going to need to make some of these players effectively start. I mean, in the rookie rookie season, like we did with Nick Bolden and uh, Creed Humphrey, who both proved to play wonderful for us. Also Trey Smith. But yeah, we're going to need some rookies to contribute pretty early. So we need to hit on the draft. That's very important. I think defensive line and cornerback are the two main positions that I'm really hoping we get and strike some gold. Um, so basically... Our offense is basically the same. We really didn't do anything. We have our entire offensive line coming back. We got Kelsey still, and then the only changes are Ronald Jones is going to probably do some first and second down work with CEH. Um, and then obviously Juju and MVS are going to be taking over the role of, I guess MVS more so, will be taking over the deep threat of Tyreek Hill at a 6'4". He runs a 4.37 speed, uh, 40, so... Juju MVS and I guess McColl will be our three main wideouts. Uh, I don't really, I don't really have much to say about McColl. He's kind of just been the same as he has always been. He's never really made an impact on the team. He just is kind of there. But um, yeah, those are really the only changes in the offense. Uh, and then I guess for the defense, not too many changes. Uh, really, I we're gonna have Clark and probably Mike Dana. Uh, taking over that Melvin Ingram role on the edge. And then 
Chris Jones and Nadi in the base four three, and then have Kalen Saunders and Turk Warden switching up uh, and coming in every now and then. So linebackers, we got Bolton and Willie Gay, and then we we got Jermaine Carter. He'll probably play that middle linebacker position most of the time. So cornerback wise, we lose Trevarius, we lose Mike Hughes. So we're basically going to be running Fenton and Sneed most of the time. Now, Finn played actually great last year. Uh, he actually ranked sixth out of 116 at the PEFF grade for the cornerback position, so rather impressive. Um, he's mainly a wide wide cornerback, and then Sneed plays more so in the slot. He had nine penalties last year, which was absolutely horrendous, so he's going to need to fix that if we – and I know that us as the Chiefs, we've always kind of – found ways to get PIs in crucial situations. And that's exactly what happened with Snead last year. So DeAndre Baker, he was hurt. So he'll probably be that third cornerback. And then once again, we're hoping to probably grab a cornerback or two in the draft. So Reed's probably going to take over that position that um, Tyron Matthew played. Obviously he's not as versatile. So he's going to be just probably a strictly free safety type of player, but he ranked terrible in PFF metrics, basically any PFF metric last year. So that's one of the concerning factors of why I don't know if our contract that we signed for him was the best of ideas. But um, I also like to give him the benefit of the doubt, considering that like the Texans were one of the worst teams in the league last year. They struggled in any every aspect of the game. So was it more so that he was terrible or was it more so that he was in a terrible situation and a product of the situation that he was in? So maybe he can play better on our team, but yeah, Reed had a very poor season. His, his worst of his career last year. So that's why I'm a little worried about the signing going forward. So Thornhill, he'll be back. He was uh, much better this year than last year when he came back off that ACL tear, but I think Thornhill will be fine at the other safety position. And then we got Dion Bush from the Bears, so he'll be, I guess, just a rotational piece. He's nothing special at all. So currently our salary cap situation, we have like roughly $18 million in cap space. And then, like I said, the dead money from Hitchens and Tyreek Hill, that's about like five to six million of it. And then we got total of eight million. So a couple other smaller players that we lost a little bit of that dead money from them. But uh I guess six the six to eight percent cap increase prior to COVID every year. So I'm assuming now that COVID's a little bit farther in the back now that we can maybe start to see that salary cap cap begin to increase once again. So we've been overhauling a lot of the back half of most of the contracts that we've been assigning to players because I think we're also anticipating those increases for the near future so that we can hopefully get a lot more cap room and that's why we're kind of pushing back a lot of the cap uh, cap hits for pre, uh, later on years in most players' contracts. A couple team notes from last year that uh, I wanted to hit on. We were, we were a great blocking team. We protected Mahomes uh, very well. Uh, he was sacked fourth least in the league. Uh, like usual, we didn't really run the ball too much. We were 27th in rush play percentage. So obviously with Mahomes, you're going to be running the, or throwing the football quite more often than other teams. So. We didn't throw the ball or we didn't run the ball much, but we were efficient when we did run the ball. We were seventh in yards per rush, first in, on third down conversions at executing that over 50%, which is quite impressive. And then um, we were 31st worst at pressuring the quarterback. So 
second to worst and getting pressure on the quarterback and making them throw it before they wanted to. So that is probably the biggest part of what I think needs to change in this year. And that's why I really think we need to hit on the D line. I think that's the most important position at the draft and uh, for the future, because I don't see Frank Clark staying. He's, he's really performed under uh, expectations um, apart from those three big sacks at the end of each playoff game in the 2019 championship season, or excuse me, 2020. So expectations going forward. Um, every piece of the offensive line's coming back. You got Orlando Brown, Trey Smith, Joe Thune, um, Creed Humphrey, who was absolutely incredible PFF graded number one center as a rookie, which is unheard of. And then, Lucas Niang coming back. Lucas Niang obviously was the outlier player, not not more so outlier, but uh, the one player that stuck out as like the least benefiting to the team. So all four of the other players played pretty decent at their position. So I think with the offensive line coming back, uh, it's just going to create more rapport because offensive line is one of those uh, units that as they play together and get to know each other's tendencies, they're going to continue to be better and rely on each other and know what they're expected of. So I think because of this, I think we might be more centralized around the run game. Uh, obviously, losing Tyreek, we're not going to be as dynamic, and uh, we're not going to be able to just chuck the ball deep like we were able to. But um, I think because of this, we're going to probably have to change up the scheme of the offense, and I think it might be more centralized around the run game, which we were efficient in. We just didn't run it that much last year. So I think that's probably one of the biggest changes that'll happen this season in our offense is I think we will run the ball a lot more. And I think we will be a little bit more um, tempered with our expectations of how we're going to be scoring and how we're going to be moving the football. It's not going to be those chunk yardage plays that we always saw in the last couple of years with Tyreek and Mahomes' big arm. So the enemy is still the offensive coordinator. Uh, I know there was the rumors about Mahomes and the enemy over the off season talking about how they were in a disagreement with mostly everything they were doing on offense and that there was a lot of like, I guess, just anger going on in the sidelines about what they were running and what they should have been running between the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. But he's back. Andy Reid kind of talked about how there really wasn't much to those rumors and how they all get along pretty well and kind of shut down that pretty quickly. So that's one thing that I think basically is something that I think Chiefs fans are a little bit concerned about, but I don't think is as big of a deal as people made it because I was never really too into those rumors. I thought it was kind of ludicrous. So back to what I was saying with Juju Smith uh, Schuster, I think he's really going to do a lot more than, what people are expecting him to. I know everybody likes to make fun of him because he's got his TikTok and he's out dancing on people's logos and stuff. But I really think Juju's in an everything to prove type of situation this year with the one-year contract, completely, um, a completely uh, incentive-based, essentially. Um, he runs 80% out of the slot and he's not too deep of a, he's not a deep target type of player. He's more so middle of the field. He's a, a catch and go type of guy. But um, I really think he could be another safety blanket with Mahomes at uh, just catching catching some short passes and making work out of it. So I really do expect Juju to produce a little bit more than a lot of people are anticipating him to. So I would not count Juju out. I really do think he might actually have a really good season and prove and 
probably get a good contract after falling this year. So, um, like one thing I would say, just don't sleep on Juju. I really, I really do think there's more to him than a lot of people think. So that's all I'll say about him. Marcus Valdez Scantling. Um, no, I think he's going to obviously be the player that somewhat replaces that deep threat. Uh, last year he had a 18.4 yard a dot, uh, average depth of target. So, when he was getting targeted, it was it was farther down the field, and he was Rodgers' go-to deep guy. So he caught a lot of long long balls for touchdowns last year and from years previous. But he's six four, he's fast, and I mean he's not he doesn't have the greatest hands, but he is fast. He's got better hands than McCall, I'll tell you that much. But I I mean he's he's not the greatest of players, but I think his speed with uh, Mahomes' arm could um, prove to be pretty good. So um. Like I said, I don't. I don't think uh, a first round pick being spent on the wide receiver is completely necessary. I can see us doing it, and I wouldn't mind it, dependent on who it is. But I think what we really need is a possession style wide receiver, somebody that's a big body target that Mahomes can just throw the ball to. Because we we have the speed, we have Kelsey. I understand he's basically a possession style wide receiver at the tight end position, but I think that somebody on the outside that plays the X wide receiver that can just Mahomes can get the ball to in certain situations when we just need a catch. And I think that somebody like DK Metcalf would have been great to get. I understand that we're probably not going to get him, and I don't think we can get him just simply because of the salary cap and him expecting probably Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs type of money. So I don't think that's really a situation we get to, but that, that's more so why I think George Pickens would be great. I think he's fast and he's also a big body. He's six foot three, so I would like to get George Pickens. I think that'd be the great, um, my go-to wide receiver, hopefully getting him in the second round also. So being able to get two first round picks that aren't wide receivers, I think is the biggest priority. And then trying to find one in the second round, which George Pickens could very well be there at 50. Now questions around Ronald Jones and CEH's utilization. So I think it's great getting another guy in. We had Daryl Williams and CEH kind of splitting time last year. Anyway, CEH was hurt for a little bit. So Daryl Williams kind of took over, but and then Jarek McKinnon came in at the very end, and he, he was pretty good for us. But I think it's going to help with the fresh pairs of legs. Um, I, Rojo's much more of a first and second down back. And like I said earlier, he's a bigger body than CEH with our offensive line and how great it's been playing. I think that one of our biggest problems was the inability to run on the goal line. We would just never seem to score in the positions where we're on the second or the two-yard line on first and goal. And just seemed like we could get in nowhere with CEH. He's just a smaller running back, and he didn't seem to be able to just push his way through. So I think Ronald Jones will definitely suit us a lot better in the goal line situations, and CEH might be more involved in the passing game. But CEH has always been a great pass catcher, but he's never really been utilized in our offense like that. So Mahomes just is never the biggest fan of just dumping it down to the running back. But, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. I think Ronald Jones will get – a lot more first and down, second down work, and CEH might get a lot more third down work. But I, I do see them splitting early down carries as well. Um, now for the defensive side of the ball, we're going to need more from Frank Clark. I know we just restructured his contract, but I really don't see us keeping him after this year unless he has a stellar season and proves that he's more than what he has been. But we definitely need more out of Frank Clark considering, uh, like I said, I think our defensive line is the weakest part of our team. So we're going to need something out of him or we're going to be in trouble on the defensive line. And then Chris Jones, I mean, he's great. We pay him a lot. 
But I mean, personally, from watching last year, he graded well on the PFF stats. What was he? What was he? Yeah, he was fifth out of 107 uh, graded uh, defensive tackles. But from watching him last year, there was just there was some games where I swear he just he couldn't do anything. He would literally just sit there and just I don't I don't think he got any pressures or whatsoever. So it was it was frustrating to watch from time to time when we pay him this big contract and he just doesn't seem to be playing well at all. But um, I think Chris Jones is going to be to have a big year. Like I said, also for um our defense. Um, so hopefully we get some help in the draft. And like I said, with the Melvin Ingram, maybe we can find a way to bring him back for a one-year deal or something because he did play pretty well down the stretch for us. Um, and then I guess this goes back to everything I've just said is the most important part of our defense is figuring out some blitz packages and generating more pressure. So I know Spags loves to blitz, blitz but we, we really didn't generate much pressure at all last year. So I'm, I mean, it didn't really come out to do anything. So I think the most important part of this defense is going to be figuring out ways to get to the quarterback. And I think Willie Gay is a great player to implement these blitz packages. He has been in the blitz packages, but we're just going to need to find ways to get uh, pressure on the quarterback because last year quarterbacks were able to just send the pocket for as long as they pleased, especially on third down, especially when we blitz. We would blitz on third down. No pressure would be generated. It would be man coverage and everybody would guard their guy for at least three or four seconds. But when you don't generate pressure on a blitz, everybody's in one-on-one coverage and man coverage becomes 10 times harder when it gets to the point where people are just going and breaking from the routes and just trying to find a way to get open and get the ball. So that caused us to get a lot of penalties and then obviously give up a lot of third downs because we just couldn't generate pressure and the quarterback was holding onto the ball longer than he should be. So that's pretty important for us. So the way I see this season, our division, every single team just went all out, basically. I mean, you have the Chargers. Herbert's still on his rookie contract. They re-sign Mike Williams. They trade a second-round pick for Khalil Mack. They've got Joey Bosa. They go and sign J.C. Jackson. I mean, the Chargers are one of those teams that I think are right now going, okay, we're going to have to pay Herbert the big bucks soon. Everybody knows that. That's inevitable. We're going to need to find a way to build a team around him right now in order for us to make that Super Bowl run while we can get him for cheap, just like we did with Mahomes. We kind of we paid up on players because we had Mahomes on a, such a cheap deal. And so, I mean, personally, our division is going to be tough. I think every game is going to be close. Every game is going to be fun to watch, and I really do look forward to it. But expectation-wise, I think this division is going to be hard. Now, we're still the favorites to come out of that division, um, Vegas wise, we're I believe plus one fifty five to win the division. Chargers are around plus two twenty, I believe, and then Broncos are plus two fifty. Raiders are more so plus four hundred. So everybody's got a chance to win the division. But I mean, I think the hardest play, uh, team is going to be the Chargers. I mean, they they went really all out on this, and so I think another reason why we traded the traded Tyreek and didn't try to make a contract work with him because we kind of realized that okay, right now all three of the other teams are going all out. They see a gap or a weakness in our a situation currently. We're kind of a little bit in salary cap hell. We've kind of made our way out of it. We've made some smart decisions to figure ourselves out, but we are not. We are at the lowest point in the Mahomes era of the Kansas City Chiefs currently right now, and 
I think those other teams know that. And that's why they're like, if we're going to win the division, get a chance to play a home field advantage in the playoffs, like this is the year and the next year to do it. So we're going to get all these players and we're going to make a team that I think can win now, especially when we have players on the cheap deals. So I think that's what the Chargers did. I think that's what the Broncos did with Russell Wilson. They have Corbin Sutton, Jerry Judy. They traded Noah Fant to the Seattle. So they got Albert O from the go Tigers, baby. But they, Javante Williams, they have they have a lot of young players and a lot of weapons on that offense. And Drew Locke was just unable to get them the ball. And we all know what Teddy Bridgewater is. He's nothing special. So going out and getting Wilson, I think they're aiming to figure something out in the next coming years too. So I really think that the Broncos are probably the least of my worries. I'm obviously really worried about the Chargers. I think Herbert's great. And I think they have a really just overall great team. But I think Russell Wilson's a little bit on the down uh, downhill uh, track on his uh, career. I don't know. He's It's hard to judge that. He's had great weapons with him with DK and Tyler Lockett, but he's always had a horrible offensive line, and the coaching has always just been so terrible. Consid- considering just, oh, man, I mean, Pete Carroll is just not a good head coach. I don't know what he's been doing, but I, I don't know. Russell Wilson, I, I, I don't think he's as – terrifying as a lot of people would think but like I said Chargers I think are the real threat and I genuinely think that if I were to pick somebody to win the AFC this year it would be the Chargers not the AFC championship but to win our division the AFC West so Chargers look scary but like I said the expectations are probably the lowest in the entire Mahomes era so far and yet we are still the third highest odds to win the Super Bowl only behind the Bills who are the favorites they didn't get rid of anybody. All they did was add players. Um, I guess they got rid of Cole Beasley, and but they added Von Miller, Jamison Crowder, and I think the Bills are the front runners, and then the Buccaneers are the front runners to win the NFC. But right behind them are us, so we're the third highest odds to win the Super Bowl still, and people are still calling us like not the greatest or that the Mahomes era is over, blah blah blah. Yet somehow, some way, Vegas thinks that we are the third highest odds to win the Super Bowl. So. I think that's always funny to look at and go, yeah, we might be in the worst uh, period of the Mahomes era, and uh, yet here we are projected the third highest odds to win the Super Bowl, which I, I think is great. So it's always funny to look at. But rebuilding-wise, I think this draft is going to be probably the biggest factor in everything that's gone down so far. I mean, we have 12 picks. We've never had this many picks in the Mahomes era. We have two first-rounders, two second-rounders, two third-rounders, two fourth-rounders. I mean, that is incredibly, incredibly high-quality draft capital. Two, two picks in each of the first four rounds is very valuable, and we're going to have a lot of players that are going to be able to hopefully come in and contribute from day one, just like Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey were able to in the second round. So I know Veach has not done the greatest in drafts previous, but um, last year he did great. For with what he had, he got Nick Bolden and Creed in the second round, and I think both of those players have performed well up to expectations. And probably looking back, if you were to redraft it all again, I think Creed Humphrey would be probably what like a ten uh, top ten pick if you go back and look what he did last year. And I think Nick Bolden would also be a first round pick too with what he's been able to do for us. So, got to hit in the draft. I think we obviously are going to need a wide out, but biggest biggest thing for me get some defensive linemen. The two defensive linemen we have right now are Frank Clark and Chris Jones, and both of them are on some pretty big contracts. So, I mean, I think Frank Frank Clark's going to be gone after this year. But Chris Jones, we'll probably end up keeping him. But once again, I wouldn't put it out of the equation that we release him after this year too with the amount of money that he's supposed to be getting. 
So yeah, we're going to have to hit in the draft. That's, that's the key. But I mean, we got all the picks in the world to do it. And I mean, we hit on the draft last year, so let's see if we can do it again. I mean, I, I haven't even mentioned this, but Trey Smith, we were able to get him in the sixth round. He, he came in and ended up starting for us day one and he's been fantastic. He was absolutely incredible last year, but the only reason he fell so far was because of problems. He had a I believe it was what blood clots or something in his lungs or something like that. And a lot of, um, I guess a lot of NFL teams like looked over him and were like, mm, I don't, I don't think we want to deal with his medical records, but I guess he's looked great. So from what we've seen and we were able to get him in the sixth round, he was able to contribute instantaneously for us at the offensive guard position. So I think that's been huge moving forward. Um, I, a lot of players are going to be coming up on their end of their rookie deals. So we're going to have to figure some stuff out, but if we release Frank Clark after this year, he'll create a $9 million dead cap space. But if we don't release him, I think we're going to end up paying him like 20-ish million, 20 plus something million, probably like 25 million next year. So we're still saving like what, 16 million. And then if we release Chris Jones next year, we would be in a $7 million dead cap space situation. So not that much compared to what he's going to be getting because he's going to be getting like 28 million. So if we were to release both Chris Jones and Frank Clark and to draft heavily in the offense or in the defensive line this year, and hopefully maybe some players that we have that are younger develop and do a little bit better than they have been doing in the past, we would save $40 million in cap space from releasing Frank Clark and Chris Jones next year. So I'm not saying we need to ref, uh, release Chris Jones, but I'm saying I think Frank Clark's pretty inevitable that we will release him after this year. And Chris Jones, I mean, He's getting. He's going to get paid a lot of money, and I mean, simply if he if he isn't performing how we expect him to perform this year, I would have no problem with cutting him. We're creating seven. We're creating forty million cap space between him and Clark if we get rid of them. So yeah, those are two situations that I think we definitely need to monitor this year. More so, Chris Jones. I think Frank Clark's more of an obvious uh, pick to get rid of, but Chris Jones next year definitely a situation to monitor. Let's see how he does. I'm rooting for him. I love Chris Jones. I'm a big fan of him, but from a business side and from the longevity and the outlook of the future, but it might be a move to release Chris Jones after next year. Um, another one of the bigger question marks is, are we going to pay Orlando Brown the money he's going to want? We're, we got him on the franchise tag. He's, he's $16.5 million this year. It's all base salary. He gets it. But are we going to pay him the money he's wanting after this year? Because we have all of the four other starting offensive linemen under contract until the end of 24. So two more years after this one. So we'll have Trey Smith, Niang, Creed Humphrey, and Joe Tooney. All of them will be under contract for two additional years after this. So do we want to keep Orlando Brown and give him one of those Tooney contracts that we kind of did? We'd have to give him more. He's a tackle. Tackles are worth more. So we're going to have to pay him and a lot of money. Obviously, the salary cap is going to continue to increase. If we can release, if we release Frank Jones, maybe or Frank Jones, sorry, Frank Clark. If we release Frank Clark, we can essentially maybe take the money that we would have been paying Frank Clark and kind of just shift it over to an Orlando Brown contract. But that's only the one year, and then after that, it's going to simply be just additional cap space that we're paying. I think. I mean, personally, I think we probably will keep Orlando Brown. It really depends on how much money he's going to want. But I think one of the keys to this football team is going to be keeping this offensive line together. I think that's pivotal for the success of this team. The The more time Mahomes has to throw the ball, the better our team's obviously going to be. 
I mean, we know what Mahomes is capable of. We know what he does when he has time in the pocket. He is a magician. He can figure out ways to get the ball to people after five seconds because he just has so much time to think and walk and he will observe the field and he will make the right read if he has the time to do it. So we've seen what Mahomes has been able to do when he has time. So I think one of the keys is to keeping this offensive line together because if this offensive line is a top five um, offensive line in the league this year, like I think it'll be, I think it doesn't really matter who Mahomes is throwing the ball to. If you give that man five to six seconds in the pocket to look around and find a read and make a read, I mean, he's, he's going to do it and he's going to be good at it. So realistically, I think we will keep Orlando Brown. Um, it'll be curious to see how exactly that money will be given to Orlando Brown and what it will look like. But I think it's probably the move that we'll end up making. But a couple guys that are rookie deals that are done after this year is McCole Hardman. His rookie year ends. I don't think we're going to re-sign him. Uh, we'll probably go into free agency and try to find something. But I don't think we're going to give him the money he wants. Juan Thornhill, his rookie deal ends. Um, I really think we'd be able to re-sign Juan Thornhill for a decently cheap deal compared to market value. But once again, what do I know? But I think if we were to re-sign one of these players, I think Thornhill would be definitely a more important one. Um, and then Fenton's deal ends. Fenton, uh, he's played great for us. He was a sixth-round pick. So for what we got him at, his deal, um, he's played phenomenal for us. So that, that's also somebody we may need to look for um, in re-signing. He might be getting or wanting at least more money than we're going to be willing to give him. So that's something else I have to say. And then one little tidbit at the end that I thought was a little interesting is the Travis Kelsey aging process. Now, He's under contract for, I believe, two more years after this. So I think his contract goes until 24, if I'm not mistaken, because I think the only two players on the roster that are not rookie deals that go past 25 is Tooney and Mahomes. But a lot of people are worried more so about Travis Kelsey just getting older. And I do agree that while Ma Kelsey getting older could potentially limit his ability to do some of the things that he does that are after the catch will be limited. I do agree with that, but I think him and Mahomes' connection is going to last for however long Kelsey plays in this league. And obviously he may not be to the standard of his ability to move and make moves after the catch, which is what makes him special, but he's such a smart tight end and he has such a good connection with Mahomes that I think regardless of if his uh, athletic abilities begin to deteriorate. I think him as a player, just as smart as he is and understanding, like I think he's going to be able to get stuff done for a lot longer than people expect. So I think Travis Kelsey has at least four or five still good years left in him. So I think we'll probably be able to get him into a contract again. So, I mean, the older he gets, I think he's going to transition more into more of a, possess a possession style tight end, whereas he's just uh, all around do whatever he needs to do currently. But yeah, that's that's what I have to say. I mean, this is one little snippet. I mean, we we saw we saw the connection that we have, or they ha he has with Mahomes. We've seen it firsthand. We we know it's there. I mean, the Bills game to get into field goal range, to go to overtime, and to get to the AFC Championship. I mean, that was strictly Travis. That was strictly Travis. Just knowing Mahomes and knowing what he needed to do. He's a smart player. I think he's going to play at a not a superstar level, but a elite level for a lot longer than some people may anticipate. But one thing I'm very curious on is maybe Noah Gray's development. I mean, we drafted him last year out of Duke. 
he's kind of similar body frame to Travis Kelsey. So who knows, maybe hope, maybe, and hopefully Travis is kind of helping develop him and maybe Gray can kind of get into a bigger role this year and see what he can do. Cause I know we re-signed Blake Bell, but Blake Bell's more of just a blocking piece. He's, he's a blocking tight end, whereas Gray's a pretty athletically gifted player. So that's one thing I have to say. So overall, just looking forward and looking into this next year, I think we should temper our expectations for this year considering we're going to be a young team. We're going to have a lot of new pieces and new places, and we're going to be starting, I think, a lot of rookies. And so expectations to make a Super Bowl win a Super Bowl, I think they should be logistically a lot lower than what they have been in the past. So while I don't think it's going to be a down year, I I do think it's going to be a lot less of a Mahomes and the Chiefs type of year than it has been. So Tempering expectations, I think, is a key. I personally think, I mean, we we still have a, I mean, Vegas has us winning the division still. I mean, we, we, we could still get into that situation, and I wouldn't be surprised. We have Mahomes. He's, he's I mean, the most fun player to watch on the football field every time he step, steps on the field. So, I mean, with Mahomes, anything's possible. But realistically, with the pieces around him and losing Tyreek Hill, it's going to be a drastic change in how we go about our offensive scheme. So tempering expectations, I think, might be something that we should, like, be ready for, I guess. But, I mean, I would say that we're still going to be a playoff contender. And, I I mean, if anybody were to beat us in the division, I think it's going to be the Chargers. And I don't think the Broncos or Raiders are going to be able to beat us in the division. If anybody, it's going to be the Chargers. And, honestly, I can see them beating us. I think Chargers are going to be a very – good team next year a very very good team next year so apart from the bills and the chargers i really don't think i would rank any other team over us in the afc and then obviously the nfc is just in a really weird position uh position tom brady came back so they're probably the favorites aaron Rodgers is back signed that extraordinarily large deal and then they got rid of Devontae, so i guess he's gonna i mean they have nobody for him to throw to so they lost marcus valdez to us too so it's like they're going to have to draft wide receiver in the draft. They really just don't have anybody for him to throw to. So it's going to be interesting. The AFC overall is just loaded this year. So I think in a podcast in the near future, I'm going to kind of just probably after the draft, but um, I'm going to kind of just go through basically each division and my expectations for them, kind of go over the win over under win totals for each team who I think will win the division what I think uh, are some of the key parts to each team as to um, what to expect or what's going to be the most important thing for them to be what they expect to be or want to be. So other than that, I really don't have much left to say. Um, I think the Tyree kill trade, once again, was a necessity. It sucks to lose him, but we could not pay him the money with the situation we're in. Like getting those draft picks was very important for us because I think we're going to need to hit on this draft because with Mahomes' contract coming to a reality and us having to finally start paying him the money he's going to be getting paid, we need to find pieces in the draft that are going to be able to contribute and for cheap. That's the key part. That's why I also think that Frank Clark and Chris Jones releasing both of them next year might be something in the books. But I don't know. We'll see. We're going to have to figure out what happens in the draft, and I'll probably do an after-the-fact new podcast where I talk about what happened in the draft and how I thought our draft exactly went. But 
Yeah, I figured if I were to start this podcast, I'd want to do it my tried and true, the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel comfortable talking about them. I obviously love them. And yeah, this was basically the first episode of the podcast. Uh, I'm probably going to come back and do a Chicago Bears one next. I'm going to talk about the Bears. So I figured I would just do some that other people would be interested in listening to. Obviously, I know that most people that are listening to this would probably be Kansas City Chiefs fans and I'm sure some Bears fans would like to chime in and listen to a Bears podcast. So I'll probably do that next. And then going forward, I'm probably just going to be talking at over some like different football teams and their off seasons and basically how I did this one. And then going into the football season, I think I'm going to try to transition the podcast into more fantasy football related. I think I'm going to do a Kansas City Chiefs one each week and just kind of talk about the Chiefs and what their situation is looking like and how they've been doing and blah, blah, blah. But I think I want to do like a fantasy podcast once a week over the football season and kind of talk fantasy with people. And then I also think I'm going to do a betting podcast because I do love talking about, uh, I do love betting on the NFL and I, uh, I do love my teasers. So I, I think I'm going to have a teaser of the week every week and those are locks. So if you don't tail those, then you're a damn fool. But um, yeah, guys, this is going to be the end of the podcast. Uh, I hope you made it all the way through, um, and I hope you enjoyed it at least. So if you have any comments or thoughts about what I had to say, and feel free to hit me up and talk to me about it. I love, obviously, uh, talking football with whoever and anyone. So, yeah, if you have anything to say about the podcast or to talk about, uh, let me know. But other than that, guys, uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Um hope I did well. I was kind of struggling at some points to – formulate my words but I I think I did a pretty good job but other than that guys uh take it easy have a good rest of your day and uh I am out peace